The following information should be used for educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. If you are having a mental health emergency, please dial 911 or visit your nearest hospital. Welcome to Psychotherapy, a mini-series, a podcast about the what, when, where, and how of psychotherapy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of Psychotherapy, a mini-series. My name is Alex, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Yvette Flores. And today, we're going to be talking about the third and final stage of therapy, which is termination slash a happy ending to your therapy. Hi, everyone. Uh, This is Yvette. I hope everybody's having a great day today. Uh, We are super excited to be with you again today talking about this phase of psychotherapy, uh, which often sometimes I think gets overlooked, but is super, super important. So I'm really excited that we're going to delve into it and really um, kind of get into some of the nuances of what uh, ending therapy looks like. So first of all, we would like to congratulate you on, first of all, like obviously seeking out help for any like psychological psychological or mental health crisis that you may be having that prompted you to actually getting therapy and for going through the process of therapy which can be incredibly vulnerable for a lot of especially for people who haven't had any experience with it before so the face of termination can bring up a lot of feelings that need to be discussed more thoroughly because if you don't end your therapy session or your therapy journey in a healthy way, it can le- it can cause more issues down the like later on for for you and the therapist, obviously. I really second what Alex said. Termination, you know, the the very fact that you are getting to this place deserves um, congratulations. Uh, it's so it can be such a a barrier, a burden, a hurdle to like get through those initial steps. It can be hard to be in therapy and and doing the work, uh, but now you know, getting to that point where you feel ready to end, uh, that that is, um, you know, equally exciting and equally uh, deserving of celebration. So why don't we just like talk a little bit about how do you know when when you are ready to end therapy? <laughs> well, personally, um, if you if you guys listen to the first episode of this mini series, you know that I've always had this habit of ending my therapy abruptly, which is not healthy at all. And I do not recommend it or advise anyone who is going through a therapy journey to just abandon their therapist out of nowhere. Um, That was just me being immature and also like going through other stuff. But I, since I've always ended my therapy very abruptly, uh, either by like just ghosting my therapist or like my parents deciding to just pull me out of therapy um, without even like telling me about it first, I don't, I have never actually experienced a healthy uh, termination to any of my past uh, psychological interventions. Thank you for sharing, Alex. You know, I think it's totally okay to to have those experiences. It does happen. Uh, are they ideal? No, but I want us to be able to discuss, you know, like, uh, what what we can do to make sure that therapy, like you said earlier, 
ends in a healthy way, right? So, so I'd say like, for me as a mental health professional, uh, part of what goes into making that decision with a client that it's, uh, it's time to end therapy, it has to do with um, their goals and what exactly they were trying to accomplish through their therapy. Like we spoke in that initial episode, part of therapy is making some goals about what you want to accomplish, whether it's learning new skills, whether it's uh, diminishing certain symptoms that you might be feeling. So whatever your goals uh, were, I think one very clear indication that it's time to end is when you've met those goals. Now, over, uh, over time, sometimes you like develop new goals or update your goals or like new issues might arise that weren't as prevalent in the first sessions. And so um, your goals um, can change over time. And so like, it's okay um, if maybe you've met some some goals, but not others. Uh, it's not like uh, it has to be like uh, cut and dry. Oh, you know, like you met your goals, like you're done, you're out of here. But it is a good indicator. I think another another way that I've noticed uh, from my perspective as as the one in the I get in the therapist chair is when I notice that some of my clients they're coming in and the the things that they're discussing that they're bringing up they the the tone just changes it's it's interesting because it's hard to pinpoint but maybe they're not talking about the same types types of things maybe. Uh, the the actual mood of the session uh, feels lighter. Maybe they're talking more in a way that is like future oriented, making plans about their life. And so there's a way in which you can kind of notice when somebody uh, is just better. You know, they they're talking in a different way. They're presenting in a different way. And so as a therapist, I know that I notice that. And to me, that's a good indicator of maybe we should have, you know, a conversation about is it time to end? And then I'd say like, maybe like as a last note, because I do work with children and my work with children involves a lot of playing. I'd say um, I noticed similarly a change in the tone of the sessions, but it's really not so much what they say, but it's like how they're playing. Their play shifts sometimes. Mm -hmm. Children um, will play out the same thing over and over and over every session. But then one day, it's almost like it's out of their system. They've resolved whatever was happening for them. And so they uh, they shift their play. And so then you know that maybe it's time to, to start thinking about termination. So I know that you've also, like we mentioned in the first episode, have gone to therapy. But how... Because obviously you're better at dealing with like social interactions than I am, I think. But um, how was it for you to like come to terms with the fact that it was time for you to end your therapy, either because you were you got what you needed or because you didn't like the therapist? Um, how did that conversation come about, and like how did it go for you? Yeah, that's that's a good question. It's really really super interesting uh, because I I have to say. I, I've been to, let's see, I've been to therapy several times. Um, I'd say that I'd have, I've had two therapists where I really uh, did kind of more long-term 
therapy with them. One, uh, I went to her for about a period of six months. Uh, no, one, I went uh, to her for a period of about nine months. And then uh, the second one, I went for, I think, um, almost two years. With one of them, the termination was really good. But I think part of that was because I had a time limitation. This is when I was in college um, and I had to go back to school. And uh, so I knew that I was going to have to end uh, because it was going to be the end of summer and I was going to have to uh, go back to school, which, you know, was far away from when I, from where I was seeing her. And so, uh, but, but it felt, I don't know, it, it felt uh, contained. Now, the second therapist that I saw for a couple of years was as a master's student. And with her, it was much less clean, I would say, and tidy. And I think, I actually think um, it could have been better. Uh, maybe this speaks to the fact that, that endings are just hard. You know, they're hard for a lot of people. They're hard for us as therapists. They're hard for the client. Even though um, we had a really, I think, fruitful uh, journey together, it still felt like, I don't know, like I didn't really like how it ended. So basically the way it ended is I... Um, I ended my master's program, which meant that I didn't have student insurance anymore. Um, I started, uh, I continued to see my therapist because I really liked the work I was doing with her and I was paying out of pocket. Um, but uh, at one point she went uh, on vacation, which is totally cool. Therapists need vacation. Um, but during that time, I kind of started to use the money that I had been using uh, for my therapy. Um, towards other stuff. I actually started going to the gym, which was also a good thing. But then when I restarted therapy, I found myself in a situation where I really couldn't afford both. Uh, and so then we decided on reducing the, the amount of sessions. And then um, from there, I feel like there came a point where I, I still felt like it was a, too much of an expense. So then we reduced it even more. And I just feel like it kind of like tapered off, but not so much in a way that felt like it had been a conscious decision. And then when I realized that we were kind of at this point where we were only meeting like once a month or something, I think I was like, you know, like, I think for me, this isn't really what I want from, th from therapy anymore. I feel like I'm in a good place. I think it's time to say goodbye. And I reached out to kind of have that ending session and it just time to kind of set it up. And that felt really weird. So yeah, it's, it was, it was uh, interesting. I don't know that like, I would say it was a great ending, but it wasn't necessarily a bad ending. It just kind of like was a really long ending for me. And I'm glad that you're bringing this up because this goes back to what we said in the first episode about how, Sometimes a financial burden can um, act as a barrier for people to get um, therapy and other health-related services that they might need. And this goes to show that it can be, it can happen to anybody. I mean, you obviously are well-educated and it was still like a financial burden for you. So imagine someone who doesn't have a master's or even a bachelor's or even a high school diploma 
for them to afford therapy. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's so true. It's one of the things that I I I continue to uh, hope that we can fix with in our mental health system. Um, but I would say that even yeah, therapy is expensive if you're gonna pay out of pocket, mm-hmm. and 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 therapy can be uh, flawed if you're not. You know, if you're gonna go through your insurance through. Um, um, some organization like, you know, Medi-Cal through uh, a free clinic, all of those um, other ways of getting therapy usually come with like restrictions in terms of time, restrictions in terms of uh, how how to qualify for those services, uh, restrictions on available therapists. So sometimes it takes a long time to get connected with a therapist. And so um, by paying out of pocket, you do um, sometimes can get away from all of those other barriers, but it is expensive and, and it can it can be expensive even for somebody like me. Um, you know, I was um, fresh out of master's. I, I did have a job, but but, you know, I was like barely starting my my own job as a therapist. Um, I wasn't. Uh, really good about managing my my money at that point and so it just it really kind of like became something that was inaccessible at the time for me so yeah yeah i agree it can happen to anybody so now that we talked a little bit about that um let's talk about the three most common scenarios of a psychotherapy termination Eva, would you like to talk about the first one of course um this is the the ideal termination the ideal ending um, this is the, the ending that has been discussed by um, the client and the therapist, um, where both are in agreement that either because goals have been met, because symptoms have decreased, or because some other life indicators um, show improvement, um, then it's it's been decided to to end therapy, right? Um, and in this scenario, uh, the the discussion happens early on, like so. There's ample time to deal with any lingering issues, any lingering maybe skills that haven't completely been internalized by the client can uh, be practiced, just to make sure that um, the pl- the client is going to have uh, success after they end their therapy. Plans um, can be put in place to address relapses. Uh, for example, let's say you're working with, um, you're working, for example, let's say you're working uh, on managing depression, then you might have a plan. You know, if, if one day down the line, maybe like a month from now or six months from now, I feel depressed again, um, what am I going to do, you know? So um, these are these kind of like relapse plans can be really helpful um, in not just easing uh, clients' feelings about ending therapy, but also really setting them up to succeed and to be able to use all the skills and all the coping mechanisms learned during the, the therapy sessions. In this ideal termination scenario, you also um, address feelings of sadness that uh, might come up or abandonment. If you are somebody that's coming to the table with a history of abandonment, 
then ending with the therapist can feel really, really uh, bad. It can feel almost uh, like they're they're um, leaving you. And so during this time, then it's important to to talk about those things if they're coming up for you. Sometimes people feel scared, you know, that they won't have that consistent person every week that they can reach out to or that they can talk to uh, without feeling judged. Um, and, and this ideal uh, closing also allows for some sort of closing activity or some sort of closing ritual. It really depends on what kind of um, therapy you are receiving and what kind of therapy you're your therapist practices. But I I think that regardless of the modality, it's always good to have some sort of marker to signify that this is the end. And so, for example, as a therapist, I will sometimes uh, write my clients a, a closing letter. Uh, sometimes uh, if they're children, then uh, I might get them with the permission of their parents, like a little cupcake. Um, or we might do like a little countdown where like we, um, have like some sort of visual representation of the number of sessions we have left so that the children can be prepared and they'll know that, you know, when we get to that last, you know, whatever it is, that last day, um, that, you know, that's, that's when we're going to say goodbye. So yeah, the, the ideal termination has all or most of these elements and feels like a very thought out process. Okay, so now I'm gonna be discussing the bad termination or the bad scenario. And I think it's really comical how you did the first scenario and I'm doing the second one just because I feel like <laughs> these are more like attuned to who we are as people. So in the bad termination, um, usually there's no thought or planning ahead of time there are no safeguards put in place between the client and the therapist in case the client experiences a relapse. Termination is done abrupt, uh, abruptly or thoughtlessly. So it just goes to your therapist, which is, as you guys know, something I've done in the past. Um, and usually this can happen for a variety of reasons. Maybe um, like Yvette was saying, the patient cannot afford therapy and it might be really shameful for them to not be able to afford it. So they might not communicate that with the therapist themselves, or they might feel like the therapist is not giving them the attention or the service that they need. So they might just think that therapy is pointless and, and like useless and they might just drop off. Um, that's usually like my experience and what I've seen with some of my friends. Um, but I'm pretty sure there are other scenarios where um, other things come up and it leads to the the client to just drop off. Yeah, and I do want to like just chime in because sometimes I get stuff out of people's control. You know, um, mm -hmm. people move, um, especially because I I work predominantly with uh, the working class Latino community. So many things can come up. Um, people lose their jobs, or they change their jobs, and their hours change, and they can't. They can't any. They cannot make it any longer to their sessions. Um, people move. Uh, people have family emergencies. Um, you know, so many things. Like, like even even more drastic things. You know, people 
uh, can get deported, people can uh, end up in juvenile hall or in jail. And so these are very real things that do happen. And, um, and, and, you know, we have to be aware of it. Right now, we're calling it the bad termination. I'd say it um, I don't want to place a judgment on it. It's just not the ideal termination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't allow for all of those good things that we talked in the quote unquote good termination. Okay, so now let's talk about the ugly termination. Um, so you as a therapist, have you ever experienced the quote unquote ugly or like the worst kind of mm. termination? Yeah, I mean, I think like, um, I wouldn't say that that my experience, my personal experience that I shared before was, quote unquote, as ugly, but it did, it was messy, like, and, and I think it could maybe fall into this category where it's, it's not like super clear that we're ending, for whatever reason, uh, maybe boundaries aren't established or respected well. Um I do have like people I know in my life who have gone to therapy and had had uh, messy terminations and that also, um, so, so I do have that experience. Um, I'd say that the characteristic about this, this type of scenario is that it's unclear or there's Mm -hmm. something that, that feels unclear and that can really lead to it feeling kind of icky. How about you? Have you had any messy termination? I mean, I know you said you ghosted your your therapist. Okay, see, but I I feel like my my termination with my last therapist was it could be considered both like bad and mess and ugly, just because I felt like this therapist wasn't. I feel like when I would tell them something, it wasn't. Like, they would listen to me, but I feel like they weren't, like, acknowledging my feelings, you know? I feel like they were just listening, but they weren't, like, on my side. And I feel mm-hmm. like, okay, but that's also, like, bad of my, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, bad of me to, like, say, but I feel I wanted them to be, like, corroborating what I was telling them and be like, yeah, you were right at that point. Like, you, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like they weren't doing that. Yeah. You know, that sounds maybe like it was just like a, ba- a bad, um, um, either either a bad fit between you and the therapist. Uh, maybe their style wasn't what you were looking for. It could also just be a lack of rapport. Like maybe you, you all weren't able to like build kind of that uh, foundation of trust. Um, and of course, like if there's not that rapport, then it's going to be hard to end because endings are already hard. But if mm-hmm. there's not that kind of good uh, foundation, then it is going to feel like maybe like bad or ugly. Um, I'd say some key elements of this quote unquote ugly termination is when for whatever reason, it's messy. Um, the client and the therapist are not really uh, able to discuss any feelings coming up, uh, either because there's no trust uh, or because there's no space that's made for it. Um, There's unclear, um, maybe like an unclear date or an unclear like ending time or period. Um, And where boundaries are not clearly established uh, or are not respected at the end. Um, One of the key things with 
therapy is that this is a professional service and therapists are bound by their code of ethics um, to have certain boundaries with their clients. And so, you know, um, I don't think it happens very often. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen very often. But if for whatever reason your therapist then wants to like keep in touch with you or you want to keep in touch with your therapist because you love them, but they're not your therapist anymore, you know, that can definitely get messy. And so I would say those uh, would be kind of the scenarios I would be thinking of in this uh, ugly scenario uh, category. And especially because we need to acknowledge the fact that a lot of people who choose to go to therapy may never have experienced a space where they feel truly safe to be vulnerable with another human being and to not feel judged. And for someone who's never experienced that in their personal life, it can be incredibly disheartening to end that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's so hard. I, I know that I, I've definitely experienced it more uh, as a therapist in the relationship. Um, but some clients really struggle, you know, they they don't understand why we can't keep talking. And, and it's important at this point to also bring in how that can be very cultural. Therapy, as we spoke briefly in some of the other episodes, the therapy we're talking about here is very much a Western um, flavor of psychotherapy. And so um, for people that uh, are not familiar with it or are coming from cultures that don't really have such a clear delineation, right, between uh, therapist and client, it can be really uh, hard to understand, well, like, why can't I just call you, you know? Like, why can't I um, get your personal phone number? (laughs) Uh, And that's because maybe people come from um, cultures where, there's more of a community sense of community where like there's uh, not these like very clear kind of professional boundaries that exist um, for many reasons. Uh, sometimes people, their experience of counseling has been more from com- elders in the community or uh, respected community members or members um, of their church or spiritual communities. And so those are very different kinds of counseling right? Uh, They don't have that strict uh, professional, uh, those strict professional guidelines that come with Western psychotherapy. So like, I'm glad that you brought that up, because I think that especially for people of other cultures, who have experienced therapy in a communal setting, they might think that they're, they're your friend, you know, you have told them things that they have not they maybe they have told you things that maybe they have told you things that they've never shared with any other person so that makes them feel like they're close to you in a way that they're they're not close to anyone else and that creates sort of a bond but i think that in order to have a good outcome for therapy you need to establish a few things and that's why termination is so important Termination can be a corrective experience, especially for people who have maybe not had the easiest time letting go of past relationships, I think. Would you would you agree with that? Yes, definitely agree. Um, the whole therapeutic process can be a corrective experience, but 
terminations especially can be so, so powerful because um, if somebody is coming to you because they've had a loss in their life, it could be a relationship. It could be a death of somebody close to them. It could be uh, any anything really, but but this sense that that something was there in your life and then it's not, then for somebody who has that in their history, it's so important to be able to end something in a way that feels like you're in control. Mm -hmm. And so this is why these terminations are so important because they teach you that saying goodbye doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing that sometimes it's time to say goodbye. Sometimes we've outgrown something. Sometimes we've outgrown pieces of ourselves and, and it's time to say goodbye to them. And that it may be hard, it might be sad, but it's okay. And so, yes, I do believe that um, terminations can be a corrective experience for many, many people. Yeah, and I was thinking about it in terms of like myself and my experiences. I think in the future, if I go back to therapy for whatever reason, I think it would be really beneficial for me to have a good termination session and talk to my therapist about why it's so difficult for me to talk about things regarding like letting go of things or ending relationships without just like ghosting or leaving. Because like we were saying, it's a, it could also be corrective. And I feel like that would be very beneficial for me as a yeah. client. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think, um, you know, you, you learn so much about yourself. It, it can really almost be kind of that cherry on top of, of the, of the whole therapeutic journey, you know, it, it's part mm -hmm. of the, of the whole. Um, I also do think it sets clients up for success. You know, we talked uh, a few minutes before about how there there's planning that goes into it. And that planning is useful because it really allows both of you to um, kind of set some um, some things in place that will help the client as they transition. You know, whether it's like um, knowing that they have that one friend that they've been able to develop trust and that they can call up when they're feeling bad or knowing that um, they have this toolbox of like coping skills that they can easily access if they're having a bad day. Like, Termination allows you to kind of really um, review all those things that have been learned or gained. And I think that is really helpful to, to clients um, as, they, as they start their life without therapy. Mm -hmm. I think it also allows the therapist and the client to reflect on the work that they've done and the, and the progress that they've made together. Because like you were saying how sometimes with your clients, you write them letters at the end. I think that can be very beneficial just because you can see where you started, where you are and where you were and to see all the progress you made, how far you've come and to actually congratulate yourself. And it can be very like a very grounding experience to say, I was struggling at first and now I'm in a place where I have control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I'm feeling all these feels as you're talking, as we're talking about this, because I think that's one of the most joyous um, parts of this whole process um, to really go think back and to really acknowledge, you know, to really witness that growth in a person, um, a growth that, 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 that 
it deserves to have that space given, you know, that's why mm -hmm. I'm such a proponent of the, of that good termination, because um, when you allow that space, it's beautiful to like, see how much you've learned and grown. It's beautiful to see how you were in, you know, X point, and now you're at Y. And it's, it's just uh, really good to also feel that ownership of Yes, it was teamwork between your therapist and you, but really a lot of the work comes uh, from the client just like doing it outside of session. And so mm -hmm. there's there's a way in which it also really allows the, the client to uh, feel proud and to really own all the work they've done over however you know many sessions that they've been in therapy. Exactly. Um, so now with this episode, we have come... We have come to the end of the three main phases of the therapeutic process. We hope that this has given you a little taste of what each part of therapy looks like. And hopefully it can take away a little bit of the stigma and fear surrounding therapy. If you come from a culture where mental health is not something that is discussed, um, either within your family or with your friends or your social bubble, um, I think it, this can help you to sort of break out of that and hopefully remind you that therapy is a form of self-care is I think personally one of the best things that you can do for yourself especially if you're really struggling yes so we we've really gone through um those main phases you know the the assessment slash treatment planning the core phase of interventions and now the ending slash termination and um I do want to point out that not everyone's experience will be exactly as we described it, but we'll likely have elements from each of these phases. And mm -hmm. will uh, your experience and therapy um, will likely follow, uh, roughly follow this, this um, trajectory of kind of initial um, meeting, discussing what wants to, what uh, the client wants to accomplish, uh, learning things, trying things, actually pu putting in, in the work, and then uh, realizing that maybe you are in a different place and it's time to to say goodbye. So, um, so yes, uh, although all experiences are unique, mm -hmm. I do think that um, they follow uh, these steps. For the next episode, which are, is going to be the last episode of the miniseries, well, we'll be having a conversation about some of the barriers that come up due to stigma, especially in the Latino community regarding mental health and therapy. So stay tuned to the next episode to hear a discussion about machismo, marianismo, general, uh, generational trauma, cultural manifestations of mental health, amongst others. And hopefully you can enjoy that episode as well. Yes, um, I'm super excited about this next episode. Um, I do think that there's some things that are very specific to um, the Latino community that um, are important to discuss in connection with therapy. So I'm excited to have uh, this conversation with you next time, Alex. Um, no, yeah. Thank you so much for um, tuning in to us um, and coming on this journey with us um, as we demystify and destigmatize psychotherapy. Uh, we hope to have you next time. 
And yeah, goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, the Anchor app.